Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to tell you two things. One, about our online platform, Classroom Secrets Kids. At the moment, it's only £1 per child for the year and it has thousands of activities aligned to the curriculum. It can be accessed digitally and it's automatically marked for you. So what is not to love? If you haven't done so yet, you can go to kids.classroomsecrets.co.uk to grab your free 14-day trial for the whole class. And number two, we're on Clubhouse a lot. So we're hosting four education chats a week on Clubhouse at the moment. It's the new audio social media platform and they're on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays and we'd love for you to get involved. You'll be able to quiz the panel about all things education and you'll be able to add your own value too. Each week the rooms are growing and the conversations are really inspiring. If you haven't heard of Clubhouse, it's still pretty new and it's in the beta phase. It's only got 2 million users at the moment, but more and more are joining every day. You're listening to a podcast now, so you will absolutely love it. And at the moment, it's invite only. So keep your ear to the ground and see if you can get an invite from a friend who has access. And if you're one of the lucky ones to already be there, then follow me at Claire Riley and I'll follow you back. So in this interview, I interviewed Paul McGee about the sumo principles. Now, taking care of your mind as part of your well-being is something that I'm really passionate about. So I'm delighted to be able to share this interview with you. Paul is the director of the not-for-profit Sumo for Schools Foundation. And he, he works extensively with teachers speaking at events around the subjects of resilience, change, leadership and well-being. Paul is also a Sunday Times best-selling author of the book, Yes, The Sumo Secrets to Being a Positive, Confident Teenager, which is relevant for young people aged nine onwards, and it's received high-profile endorsements from people such as Dame Kelly Holmes, Drew Povey from Educating Greater Manchester, Richard Gerver, and educational psychologist Dr. Kate Middleton. Paul is also very proud of his family and building a business from ground zero, two achievements that I can relate to myself. So let's get to the interview. Paul, well, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast today. Claire, I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm looking forward to uh, sharing a little bit more about my journey. Maybe hearing about yours as well. Who knows? Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to hear more about your journey as well. Anything with the word sumo in is very intriguing. Um, so for those listeners then that haven't heard about the sumo principles, can you tell us a bit more about what they stand for and how you came to establish them? Yeah, I mean, I my background uh, is in behavioural and social psychology and lost my job back in the late 80s, was on invalidity benefit for three years, try and get back into the world of work, can't get a job, no one will hire me because I can't pass a medical. So I hired myself and I passed my own medical as well. And for years, I worked, I suppose, in the training sector running workshops and seminars. And in 2002, I'm working in Glasgow and I'm doing a course called Coaching and Counselling Skills. And just all about how to coach people, counsel them, get the best out of them. And then someone, I'm not even sure if it's a man or a woman, suddenly said, and apologies if you're Scottish, they went, well, if all else fails, you can always tell them to sue more. So everyone looks at this person and like, I'm a bit bemused. And we went, sumo. And they went, shut up, move on. 
So people laugh, I laugh. The next course, I'll weave that line in and it starts to kind of like get a bit of a life of its own. And it started to evolve a little bit. And I had at that stage, this is back in like 2002, 2003, number of different ideas, no real brand as such. And eventually I thought, this is a really sticky and memorable phrase. So I thought, I'm going to decide that my umbrella term to describe some of my ideas are my sumo principles. Now, it started off meaning shut up and move on, and that's what it can still stand for. And I had a book came out in 2005, which ended up becoming a, a Sunday Times bestseller. But when we wanted to try and do sumo in schools, one primary school head teacher came up to me one day and she said, you know I'm a fan, don't you? And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was on this session. She said, the thing is, I've just got a little bit of a problem with your acronym. Um, and I said, oh, in what respect? And she said, look, I loved you, but the husband loved you, but the staff loved the inset. The children are loving, they're doing the sumo in the school. But one of the parents said to me, what does sumo stand for? And she said, I felt a bit awkward when I said it stands for shut up, move on. She said, Paul, we're a <laughs> primary school. One of our values is show respect. And I don't think you show respect by telling people to shut up. So I'd like you to change the title of your programme. And I meant, Linda, it's my brand. I've spent flipping years developing it. She says, I know. And then she says something very interesting. She says, the thing is, Paul, you know, I'm a fan. But if you don't change it, I don't think we can use it anymore. And I'm like, have you got an idea we could call it instead? And she said, no. I said, thanks for the feedback. So that was a bit of a, a challenging conversation for me. But we did come up with an alternative definition for sumo, and particularly using it in an educational context. And that is S-U-M-O, stop, understand, move on. And that's what I guess we're trying to do, both with teachers and, and, and people involved in education, but also with the children. And another added bonus, sumo is a word in Latin, so not as an acronym, but as a word in Latin, means to choose. And as Drew Povey, a leadership speaker and former head teacher says, every day is a choose day, C-H-O-O-S-E. So in a nutshell, that's the backstory. And then I've got a lot of different, I suppose, if you go a little bit deeper, some different tools and insights about how we can get the best out of ourselves, get the best out of others and get the best out of life. I love that, what a great story. Well, someone said to me recently, Claire, did you ever give that person any royalties? And I'm like, well, one, I don't know who they were, but secondly, you could argue, and maybe life is about this sometimes, isn't it? It's like someone gave me a little bit of a seed of an idea that they, mm -hmm. they've not done anything with themselves, but I decided to plant it and to water it and to nurture it and to feed it, to see it grow and then take a few of the cuttings off it, if you like, and create a bit of a garden. Because obviously I've got my sumo book, but I've written books like How Not to Worry, How to Succeed with People, Self-Confidence. And the most recent book is actually aimed at young people from the age of probably like nine onwards. And that's called Yes, The Sumo Secrets to Being a Positive, Confident Teenager. So if I could find that person, I might buy them a beer. But at the end of the day, I think life isn't about just having a good idea or a good intention. It's about doing something with it. Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, we we found a class of secrets eight years ago, and 
it takes a lot of work, doesn't it, to 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 nurture it, and you got to devote a lot of time and your life to it. Um, so it's definitely all about the delivery and not so much about the idea in the first place. Yeah, and I think you know, like success ain't straight is a phrase I sometimes use. And behind someone's glory, if you want to call it glory, there's always a story. People go, "Oh, you've had a Sunday Times bestseller. That's amazing." Yeah, I had thirteen publishers, thirteen reject the book and one just took a bit of a, a crazy punt on it and and so it's yeah like you say there is a struggle and I think sometimes a metaphor I use in life but I'm, I use it in the book aimed at young people is sometimes life's a game of snakes and ladders and if you want to win the game the likelihood is you might land on a snake but that's mm. not a time to quit it's a time to roll the dice and go again and keep looking for the ladders yeah yeah no you're absolutely right Okay, then. So how can the Sumo principle support teachers and schools? You know, I've got this phrase that I came across. It's not my original phrase and um, was to resilience in the classroom. Starts in the staff room. So hold that thought there for a moment is that because I do think it is about being more resilient, dealing with challenges. But also there's this phrase well-being leads to well-doing. And I really think it's important because I've been, I mean, I'll have been, you know, I've been running my own business since 1991, 30 years. And, you know, the first hot topic I really started to dive deep into was on the area of stress. Didn't talk about mental or emotional health. Didn't talk about well-being. Didn't even use the word resilience. It was stress. But basically for 30 years, I've been looking at this. And what I recognize is, yeah. If you want to help the kids, you've got to make sure you help yourself. Mm -hmm. If you want to think about well-being, it's not just a nice thing, have a hot bath and go to a yoga class. It's about actually, no, my well-being leads to well-doing. So if we want to inspire children, we ourselves need to be inspired. And I'm not, my background isn't in education, but I've worked with, I don't know, I mean, I, I, probably a quarter of a million people involved in education over the last few years. So I become aware of what challenges they face, both in primary and in secondary schools. And I think teachers and, and anyone involved in education, it's like they, they need their tank topping up. They need to know how to, OK, manage their own relationships, not just in work, but in their personal life. Because ultimately, you know, I look back at my my life, Claire, and, and if you think about key moments in my life and some of those key moments re relate to my time at school. And so literally things that teachers do or even non-teaching staff can do and say can have a profound impact on children's lives going forward. So these principles are very much about getting the best out yourself. It's about self-leadership. It's about resilience and well-being, not because it's not like, you know, it's not pink and fluffy and rainbows and unicorns. It's going life's exciting, but it's also challenging. So what can we do to do our best in what we do? Because you're not involved in education because you're trying to make money and profit for shareholders. You're trying to make a difference to children's lives. That's an awesome privilege. It's an awesome responsibility. So my sumo ideas about helping you to then help children. Just a, a quick question, because you've you've touched on something that I'm really passionate about. Like it's not necessarily about having a yoga class or whatever. And um. I'm really quite deep into personal development now. I feel as a, as a leader of a business, you kind of have no choice um, because you've got to you've got to be able to push through, haven't you? Next level. So, what what kind of examples 
are we talking about when we're talking about well-being how how would someone go about that if the if it's not about a hot chocolate or a yoga class yeah and it's and if, if you manufacture hot chocolate and you're a yoga teacher i'm not against you i'm just yeah. saying that we've got to be a little bit more holistic so i mean i've got a number of different things but one of my little ideas is you know manage your mental diet i have this question i raise it with young people i raise it with adults besides god if you believe in god who's the most important person we're going to talk to it's actually yourself and so what are those kind of conversations i've got this phrase you know check your chatter because mm -hmm. sometimes that internal chatter is not really helping us at all you listen too much to your inner critic you become a bit of a broken record bit of a martyr we're catastrophizing you might remember that um well you won't remember it claire because you're far too young but some of your older listeners may remember that tv program of the 1970s um dad's army and again and people are going to be thinking he's got a thing in about scottish people here i haven't but there was a scottish character in dad's army called fraser and and his motivational message when there was a problem was we're all doomed but and so you've got to check your chatter and manage your mental diet because i think we we can there are there are phrases out there they're in the media you know and they might be in your staff room as well and so even that can undermine your well-being. You know, in 2007, we banned smoking in enclosed public spaces in England and Wales. The reason we did that was because of the effects of passive smoking. Well, I think we need to be mindful of the effects of passive moaning. Mm. In other words, we're not even the ones doing it, but it's the people around us. So, you know, manage your mental diet. What are you consuming? If you're consuming loads of CNN, constant negative news, how, how's that working for you? So the fact that your listeners are listening to a podcast like this, that's actually part of why I would say it's really good for your well-being mm. because you're managing your mental diet. You're hopefully listening to some interesting people. You're getting some reassurance and some reminders, but you're also getting maybe some reveals, things you've not thought about before, but it gives you that boost. So that would be one idea. Another idea is, believe it or not, even thinking about the whole thing around sleep and rest. Mm. You know, our brains are working just as much when we're asleep as when we're awake. And, and this phrase I use, you know, to be at your best, you need to rest. That doesn't mean work yourself crazy until the next half term. That's actually going kind of building a little bit of rest time even during my day or in my evenings and make sure I get some at the weekend. You know, I say to people, look, rest is not the opposite of work. It's work's partner, but it's so hard at times, particularly in education, for people to switch off. So I've got loads of ideas, but there's a couple. And yeah, have your hot bath, your hot chocolate, your yoga session. But think about checking your chatter and getting some of that sleep and rest as well, because they're really important. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, I think the most important word you used there was reveal. Um, sometimes I think we're not even aware that we are chattering to ourselves and we have that negative chatter and and one of the things that i've realized is is so important for our well-being is becoming self-aware and i think we always think we're self-aware we think oh, yeah i'm, I'm self-aware i'm more self-aware than i was yesterday and maybe you were but we can always be even more self-aware no matter how much we've worked on it um, um it's so i absolutely love that it's invaluable to be thinking about self-awareness. I wrote one book was called um, How to Succeed with People. And I talked about this concept of SADS, S-A-D-S, 
and it's self self awareness deficiency syndrome mm. and in other words people don't have that self awareness and and it's something we need to continually cultivate you know i'm 56 and i'm not going i've arrived i've still got an incredible amount to learn and that's when you link it back to sumo you know the shut up bit when it started off shut up meant take time out stop think reflect press pause now when we use the alternative definition stop understand that's very much clear about turning up the volume on understanding more about yourself and mm. other people and that's down to emotional intelligence and self-awareness yeah and i think it, it's so important and completely the right thing to be talking about in schools absolutely and um, so as uh, we were preparing for the episode um you shared that um you know the the sumo principles of you know you've worked with over a thousand organizations and you've seen the first-hand benefits so can you expand on any standout examples in the education sector i mean particularly primary if possible Okay, I think there is, and it is a standout story, there's no doubt about it. Um, I worked many years ago with a carpet company. You don't need to name them, it's not that it's a bad story about them or anything. In fact, no, I will name them. They're called Korma Carpets, C-O-R-M-A-R, Korma Carpets. Did some sessions for them, didn't think much about it, was looking at sumo. One of my sumo ideas, yeah, I've got this little phrase, learn Latin. And the Latin phrase alone is carpe diem, seize the day. So people were inspired one thing or another, didn't think anything more about it. And a few years later, I'm doing an inset session for a primary school and a lady comes up to me and, um, and, and she says, hi, she says, I've heard you speak before. I said, oh, great. Uh, what, what she said, do you remember Corma Carpets? And I went, yeah, of course I do. She said, well, I used to work for them. And when you talked about Carpe Diem seize the day, and you told that story where you've got that little phrase, don't leave your dreams in the bin. She said, I always dreamed that one day I would be a school teacher. And after I heard you speak, I thought I need to do something about that. And then she said, and here I am. I'll tell you, Claire, I feel a bit emotional even telling the story again. I feel the emotional. Thing, the thing is... It's not about me, is it? It's all about this, this lady mm. who made that decision. You know, in a sense, I scattered some seeds of ideas. Yeah. But she took it. She took the action. And it was a few years later. It's not, and, and, you know, and I packed up a job the next week and da-da-da-da-da. But basically, there was something that happened in that session that ignited or reignited in her a desire to become a teacher. And if I had done that inset day in her school, I may never have known about it because she hadn't emailed me or anything like that. But um, when she knew I was coming back, she took the opportunity, which I'm thrilled that she did, to grab me at the end of the session and go, guess how you impacted my life. But I always go, you know, because someone said to me, you know, um, Paul, you've changed my life. And I always say to people, I don't change lives. You change your own life. But maybe I helped facilitate it a little bit and I gave you a few ideas and a few little tools. But ultimately, it's what we do, isn't it, with those ideas yeah. and those tools? Yeah. We change our lives. We just have people who help us, but we, we're, we're in charge, really. We're the orchestra. We lead the orchestra. It's up to us to make the music. Yeah, you help. You help reveal 
those things to people and they can choose to do something with what's been revealed or, or not. Um, I love that. That's made me emotional. Um, okay. So what actions then should a teacher do in regards to building resilience? I think it is understanding that we do need to prioritise it ourselves. And I think we can, you know, resign from being general manager of the universe and recognise again, you want to be at your best. So if you're going to be at your best, yeah, you, you need to rest. You need to prioritise you and your well-being. So it is things like, what, what do I fill my mind in? Am I listening to good podcasts or audible books that help me? Am I reading good stuff or am I consuming loads of CNN? Am I allowing myself to be polluted by the negativity of other people, almost as if I'm experiencing passive moaning? And I would just say, you know, teachers are obviously in the world of education, in the world of learning. But I think it's really important that we don't just think, well, we're trying to teach kids. We're always trying to teach ourselves. And I think we should all be on a, a constant learning journey ourselves to understand ourselves more to realise that in every aspect of life, things move on and what you thought was great and relevant 10 years ago, perhaps isn't as relevant now. So I think for me, the number one priority is actually, it's about investing in yourself. There was a, an American gentleman now passed away called Jim Rohn. Mm. And, and he said, work hard on your job, but work harder on yourself. Well, and I think we don't, and we don't have to think that working hard means I've got to watch a TED talk or go on a course. It's just this thing that, life every day we're on this planet maybe life can give us a lesson we can have a conversation with someone we can what read a tweet on twitter we can hear something on a podcast you know we don't have to be on a course to keep on learning and i think that just keeps us inspired and when we're inspired we can be inspiring so in, in many ways i'd say that's just the number one thing to keep on doing developing yourself I think that's amazing. So you, you've obviously mentioned, uh, you know, reading a book or, or listening to a podcast, but I think it's important we differentiate what, what we're actually talking about here. So, you know, reading a novel is a lovely thing to do. That's like maybe doing yeah. a yoga class or having a hot bath or having hot chocolate, which is nothing wrong with it. That's doing something nice for yourself, but it's not, it's not really looking after the inside if that makes sense, um, you know, when, when we're talking about an audio book or um, a podcast, we're talking about, even if it's just something short about an opportunity to reflect on ourselves and learn something about ourselves or, or just sure. even sometimes challenge ourselves. I think it's interesting because, I mean, I listen to so many books and podcasts and sometimes I think, oh man, some of the ideas are a little bit, um, not out there, but the kind of questions that you don't really want to ask yourself but because it's not your friend doing it and you're hearing it um on audible or on a podcast it kind of feels like you're asking that question for yourself so it's a little bit more acceptable um sure. but i do think that it is really important the more we understand ourselves the more we can understand everyone else sure i mean i i think what's important for me claire is i like to bring a bit of a balance or a blend to it so i think Having that ability to switch off and always having to think about self-reflecting mm. is also good. But um, for some people, um, all they do is consume themselves with things that don't cause them to reflect necessarily. And it may be distract them. And I think it is healthy to get some degree of distraction, really is. But I think it's also helpful to get some degree of reflection as well. 
So it's not either or, we need both. Yes. Um, and only you, the, your listener can decide which one do they need to up their, their thoughts. And I, I got so into my personal development, I used to go to the gym years ago on the cross trainer and be reading a book on personal development. And then I'm in the car and you know, some of you people might remember cassette tapes and I'd be immediately putting a cassette tape in and listening and listening. But there were times when, listen to something that makes you laugh, Paul. Listen to something where you can switch off. You know, I need to do that as well, or else I can become an incredibly boring person at parties, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I completely agree. It's funny, actually, because I'm listening to an audiobook at the moment, um, which was obviously in audible form way before it was on audible um because it was published the year i was born 1984 um and it keeps talking about the tape and i was thinking it's not it's not a tape it's on audible um but i actually go for a walk every day and i know when i set off on the walk whether it's it's a day whether i where i can listen to something or whether i can not um, yeah. and sometimes you just need that time to sort of decompress um, yeah absolutely and that's a great reflection time but that's not to say like I don't have a bath or have a hot chocolate or whatever it's just <laughs> a different time isn't it um it is it is and it's just realizing we've got a few choices and what do we feel we need to prioritize for me going back to that phrase manage your mental diet you know we talk about the we think about the word diet and we think about food but I just think it's really important what we feed our minds with and we don't have to go far do we it to be fed with negativity cynicism skepticism uh, but and so it and, and no one ever had to be taught at school how to be negative mm. you know what i mean hello children come on in today we're going to learn how to be negative it, it's a natural we we have an inbuilt negativity bias we could go on about the evolutionary history of why that's the case but we have i would say negativity can stick to the brain like velcro it's like chewing gum on the brain on the mind it's hard to get rid of mm. so we need to be aware of that but then we need to think well what do we do to compensate that as well and that's why I think not just positive stuff but stuff that as you've said gets you to reflect maybe sometimes challenges you uplifts you and inspires you is hugely important as well thank you okay so where can we find out more about uh, the book you've written and um you're um no let me let me ask that again because i was i just forgot the word of twitter right okay so tell tell us then where can we find out more about you about the books you've written social media okay well i suppose if you are going to you, you can go in obviously the go-to place particularly at the moment is is amazon and if you just put paul mcgee or the sumo guy you'll come up with all my books i would definitely if you're involved in education check out my latest one yes the Sumo Secrets to Being a Positive, Confident Teenager. Don't be put off by the subtitle. If you're in primary especially, very relevant, I'd say, for children aged in the years five and six. And what I'm also finding, Claire, is loads of adults reading the book. It's got mm. loads of pictures in it. And people have said to me, I'm time challenged. So that probably is an incredibly digestible book. But I've got others like How Not to Worry and my original Sumo book. So, and if you say, I hate Amazon, fine. You can go to waterstones.com and get it there as well. In terms of social media, I'm pretty active on Twitter and on, at Instagram, and it's the same handle, which is at the Sumo Guy. And you can always go to my website, thesumoguy.com. And you've got a YouTube channel as well. Yeah, and you can get that from the actual, if you go to my website, you'll see that I've got, uh, you can get the link there to the YouTube channel. And some little videos, again, only five minutes long, most of them. 
where you can maybe share them with, you know, look at them yourself, even with the family and maybe with um, some of your colleagues at work uh, as I try to unpack what I say, you know, a little bit, bit of bite-sized wisdom and inspiration for people. Super. Well, we'll make sure they're all in the show notes as well. So it's really easy for you and you don't have to remember what um, all the web addresses are and things. Um, Paul, thank you so much. It's been really informative. I love talking about ideas um, to do with, with self-development and understanding yourself. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, Claire. Thank you. I challenge you to watch one of Paul's free videos or maybe start with a short podcast episode about mindset. The difference it makes is unbelievable. It's just a chance for us as teachers to take back our power that so often we feel is stripped away from us. If you want to give any feedback around how this episode has impacted you, then just start up a conversation in the Teachers Podcast community on Facebook so that everyone else can get involved. Or you can join us on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays or Thursdays at 7.15 on Clubhouse. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.